Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hi, I'm Sarah Wendell. I'm Alicia Rye, and welcome to Love Struck Daily, where we bring a love story to your eardrums every single day. Today, we are going to be talking about intimacy, extreme intimacy, and the idea of being dominant over someone in your life, either your partner or someone that you connect with for that very purpose. There are a lot of misconceptions about BDSM in the world, and I'm really excited to talk to today's guest because we're going to talk about the reality of being a dominatrix and also her thoughts on being an alpha woman, which is not a term I had thought about much. What about you? Oh, I think about it all the time. Well, I mean, I think about the word alpha a lot because I think that when it is sort of shorthand in the romance community, I think, for a specific type of hero, always a hero. Oh, always. Alpha hero, beta hero. Alpha man. Yeah. Omega hero. Yeah. And I, I always wondered what that meant, because to me, an alpha is somebody who takes care of his pack, like very protective, 
very kind, very caring. And that's not always what alpha means. <laughs> not in romance literature, no. Uh, I, and I think alpha male means like somebody who's just like rough and tumble, takes charge, like no holds barred. I think about the time I wrote a book. Um, it's called A Gentleman in the Street, and I'm not trying to plug it or anything. But I mean, you should, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I am trying to plug it. What am I saying? I'm an alpha female. It was a book where the heroine is richer, and I would say more sure of herself and more powerful in a lot of ways than the man. But when I wrote it, I wrote of it conceptualizing two alphas meeting at once, because to me, he was very much an alpha. Like he had siblings he raised from childhood. He was taking care of his business. He was, you know, not, not being wishy-washy. But whenever I see people describe the book, I was, I was interested to see that a lot of people describe him as a beta hero. And I said, what makes him a beta? And somebody said, well, you know, he's an author. (laughs) I said, oh, (laughs) oh, what an interesting thing. So it's on profession? Yeah, I have always struggled with a lot of alpha male portrayals in romance fiction because to me they read as deep, deep insecurity, toxic masculinity, and this deep need to prove authority when it isn't there. But at the same time, I am the type of personality who will take charge of a conversation or a room when when things are disorganized and things aren't right. progressing um, and I'm ready to go home, which is usually about five minutes after I join the group. I, I will take charge and organize things. I'm, I'd like to think that I'm not an asshole about it. I'm sure someone listening is like, nope, I've been in a room with you and you're an asshole and that's fine (laughs) and i'd like to think that i do listen to what needs to happen but i'm a very goal-oriented progress-oriented person when there's a bunch of people trying to do things i think you can be an alpha without being an asshole but i don't think that not everyone comprehends that boundary it means like a range of things i think to a lot of people so it's it's very interesting and i i'm always interested when someone says oh i'm an alpha because i'm like okay well what does that mean to you exactly because that word by itself means everything and nothing Many things. And all, did you know that all of the research about alpha wolves in a wolf pack has been proven to be wrong? I mean, I believe that. But I am very curious to talk to our guest today about domination and being a dominatrix and building a business as a self proclaimed alpha woman. We are so excited today to talk to Mistress Mina, an LA based dominatrix. Welcome, Mina. Hi, Mina. How are you doing today? I'm good. Um, How are you guys? Pretty good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're so excited to get to talk to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, how did you get into this career? Just whatever you want us to know about yourself. Okay. Well, basically, I always was intrigued about being a dominatrix since I was in high school, maybe a little uh, younger than that. Me, myself, and all of my friends... Um, a lot of my friends are sex workers, mm-hmm. so we all have the same commonalities of like how what we were like growing up, and we were just you know just bossy, more alpha females. I am an alpha female, and when I first started, I basically I was like kind of drunk. I was I was drunk with my roommate one night, and we were I was just on the computer, and I just looked up dungeons, and there was a dungeon like two miles away from me, like coincidentally. That's very convenient. <laughs> Beyond convenient. And I was like, well, this is cool. So I contacted the headmistress and I asked her what the training was like. And she was very open, like, oh, just come in. <laughs> like, come in, we'll train you. And you're going to be one of our house doms. 
And uh, it just took off from there. She named me. It has, like, a ring to it. Mm. And I just took off from there. I've been a pro-dom since, I think, like, 2012, 2013. You mentioned that you're an alpha female. Do you... What does that mean to you exactly? Because we talk a lot on here about what sort of alpha male means and, you know, kind of dissecting it. So what does it actually mean to you in terms of characteristics or lifestyle? This is interesting because some of the things I think about firsthand is when you think about like alpha male, you think of like male misogyny and like masculinity, macho. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I'm always like, oh, I'm so bossy. You got to do this and that or whatever. Um, But I feel like I I am more opinionated. I will speak my mind all the time. I don't usually bite my tongue. I mean, you can pick and choose what you want to say. I don't like fly off the cuff and just act like, you know, this opinionated pro-dom that has this big ego. It is a very ego-centric, ego-based career, I want to say. But I feel like a lot of women as sex workers, we're all really just trying to make a good living. We're all trying to be like to have the financial freedom to do whatever we want. So that's kind of like my alpha female to me. It's just like I I always uh, stick up for myself. I don't like to be treated like anything other than the opinionated, well-spoken woman that I am. What kinds of things, what is sort of the thing that most people who come to you are looking for? Oh, it, it really varies. Um, mm-hmm. There's everything you can do. It mm-hmm. ranges. There's sensual domination. There's corporal. There's CBT. There's foot fetish. There's tickle torture. There's uh, just bondage. There's latex. There's scent play. Like I could go on forever. So it really depends on what the client wants. I, I need to know his interest and what he would like to emphasize in the session. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do feet. Feet is a big thing. I'm tiny, so uh, I do trampling sessions where I'm walking on the man. Mm. Uh, spanking. You know, there's a lot of things. It it just depends on the client. How do you learn how to do this safely and consensually? Because, I mean, if somebody said, all right, I would like you to to whip me, I would not know how to do that without watching like nine or ten YouTube videos. (laughs) I wouldn't be sure of my ability to do this safely. These are really unique and powerful skills, and I don't know how you Mm -hmm. learn them. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. No, I'm happy to answer that. That's a great question. Okay, so my dungeon I work at now is an independent dungeon, but when, so I worked at a a hybrid, it was like a commercial dungeon, which was, you rented the space, but you also had to do like play parties, like uh, once a week, and the headmistress with a a few of her senior doms would train you. So I would have to learn how to whip somebody, I couldn't whip the spine, like, but you had to go on more of the fattier parts, so you had to like, kind of with like target practice. Right. Now, the dungeon I work at, there's two headmistresses. So when a girl wants to learn, they go to a dungeon and a headmistress and her senior doms have to train them. So she sets up a a session and then the girl that's training comes in and then you just learn uh, CBT, you learn how to spank, you learn how to whip. You should because you can really hurt somebody. A lot of people... Uh, They would hear that. And, you know, a lot of people, I think the idea of BDSM is that it's purely physical pleasure. Do you find that there is a level of like emotional connection that goes on for your clients? Absolutely. Oh, that's interesting. I have one. It's all about the relationship Mm. and the connection and the trust. They want to be in a subspace, a submissive state of mind, almost like a hypnosis state where they feel like they're just connecting to you Mm. and the art of BDSM. 
and then they kind of like float away with that. Actually, this just, I just had a client a couple of days ago, and he's been my regular for years. And he told me he went to a play party. One of the doms, he like answered her in the wrong way. But she just smacked him in the face. And he said, you did not. And he freaked out. He's like, you do not have my permission to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it has to be all consensual. You have to know what they're like. I would never, ever, ever do that to a client. Like, you really right. have to gauge them. And um, you can't just be some, you know, I'm this professional dominatrix. I could talk to you, uh, speak to you, treat you however way I want, you know. Because you want the client to come back and you want to build a trust and relationship so they keep coming back to you and just see you. That makes total sense. Yeah. If you do have like a, however, you know, you conduct your love life, has has doing this job, like has it affected that? Or do you, like, what, what do you think you've taken away from that in terms of your own life? I have dated guys that are more like, you know, don't ask, don't tell. Maybe they just don't want to know. And mm-hmm. that's fine. I, I rather have it that way because I'm not going to get home from work and be like, Oh my God. Oh, this guy. I like, I just, yeah, like, yeah. I don't, <laughs> the guy would be like, okay, I just want to watch TV with you and order dinner, you know? But, um, as long as they are okay with dating a sex worker and they're open-minded and they don't judge me for that, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all game for that. Um, some I have dated where they're just like, I don't want you having personal relationships. Well, that's like a faucet of my income. So also, mm-hmm. I don't want to be in hypothetical arguments. Right. It's usually that's a red flag to me. Um, right. So if they, for lack of better words, I just want my partner to stay in his lane mm-hmm. and just respect that I am a independent, strong woman that is thriving and doing well in Los Angeles, which is really hard to survive out here. Real hard. Yeah. If I'm with some, a partner that's okay with everything, like there's, that's all I can really ask for. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not emotionally or physically cheating on the man. I'm right. working. So they respect my craft. Like when you go to your personal relationships, do you find that you place more emphasis maybe on communication or respect or any values like that? Like, is there, are there things that you've drawn out of working this job that, that you take into your personal life? So much of what you do is about intimacy, right? Right. I am going to brag, but like, I am an amazing communicator. Like I always, I always need Mm -hmm. to communicate with my partner, you know, like, because communication is key. Communication is key in my industry. Like with my clients, with my submissives, I have to have that with my partner, you know, and they have to understand, like, I have to understand what, how mm-hmm. they're feelings and what's validating them. And they have to understand the other way around. So it's pretty, pretty healthy in that standpoint. I've never really had a toxic relationship where it wasn't good at communication or anything like that. And then the intimacy... I'm very reserved. A lot of my friends, like in in a sexual standpoint, they think I'm very conservative because I just don't really talk. Like if I'm hanging out with my friends or at a bar or anything or I'm at a party and I meet people, I don't usually, I can tell them I'm a dom, but I don't say it like off the cuff. Like, oh yes, I'm a professional dominatrix. I don't really talk about it, but I am more reserved and conservative in that standpoint of being sexually and intimate with my partner. What uh, what would you like people to know about either your industry or what you do to clear up any misconceptions? Like what 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 is the takeaway sort of that you would like people to be left with? First off, 
not to take away from being an escort, but we are not escorts. So that's a big um, misunderstanding. So like I've had clients show up to the studio. They pay the deposit. They show up to the studio. You know, like, oh, I thought you would give me a massage. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? And then most dominatrix aren't escorts, and that's why they're doms. They don't, you know, we don't have sex for money. We don't do anything that ends in job for money. So that is a miscommunication. I'm not embarrassed about what I do at all. I just don't think, like, I don't feel like an accountant tells all these people that they're an accountant, you know? Like, I just, if my mom knows what I do and she's proud of me, I really don't care what anybody else thinks. Where where can people find you online if they're looking for you? My website is www.themistressmina.com. You can also find me on my Twitter handle is at MistressMinaLA. Thank you so much, Mina, for coming on and talking to us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me and asking me about my craft. I really appreciate that. Sarah, what is your love to go for today? What would you like our listeners to take with them? I think for today's love to go is the idea that you chart your own course, whether you're building your own business or setting up a truly unique business for yourself that really fulfills you or just deciding where you want to go in life. You are in charge. You take charge of your life and chart your own course. However you want to be, that's a good decision for you. What do you think? Are you an alpha in your life? What did you think about this discussion? I would be really curious to hear your thoughts. You can email us at lovestruckdaily at frolic.media if you have a story to share or any questions or thoughts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at lovestruckdaily. We would love to hear from you. You can leave a review, subscribe, and spread the word because everyone deserves a little love and joy in their day. Our researcher is Jesse Epstein. Our editor is Jen Jacobs. We are produced by Abigail Steckler and Little Scorpion Studios and Jillian Davis with executive producer Frolic Media. This is an iHeartRadio podcast. And as always, we wish you a very happily ever after. Happily ever after.